Hello and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. My name is Whitney McDonald and I'm the deputy editor of Bank Automation News. I'm joined by Bryce Deeney, chief executive and co-founder of Equipify. He discussed how financial institutions can attract and retain millennial and Gen Z clients by offering automated services and desired products. To understand how our technology works, you need to, in my opinion, you kind of need to also know the business case or like why would a, would a bank actually want to adopt this type of technology? Uh, so like at the very base level, most people know what buy now pay later is. It gives a consumer the ability to split up their payments over time outside of a more traditional credit line, which is usually like a personal loan or a credit card. Typically buy now pay later is tied to an individual purchase or a group of purchases, uh, right? So it could either be you're going to Jiffy Lube, buying something for $400, a service, or you're buying a pair of sneakers, or sometimes even like you're buying a trip to Hawaii and you want to bundle your airline ticket, your hotel stay, and all your meals into a, like a 12-month installment plan. So that's base level what consumer buy now, pay later is. Uh, our platform enables financial institutions, banks, credit unions in the U.S. to offer this type of service to their customer base on the retail side. So we essentially built an AWS cloud platform that integrates into both core banking solutions and digital banking solutions as a white labeled service, enabling banks to have an automated workflow to where their card holders will go out and use their card every day as, as they do today, as they have transactions and purchases that qualify based on the risk profile of that bank, those consumers will receive a text message, push, push notification, or an email from the bank uh, notifying them that they have an offer. Uh, the entire user experience is actually baked into digital banking. So we built app extensions into the majority of the digital banking platforms in the US uh, to make that a very easy, adoptable platform for the bank. And then once a consumer accepts a plan, we then write that as a loan, a micro loan, back to the core banking system. So we automated the entire workflow that way the bank doesn't have to have full-time staff looking at these loans, booking these loans, working these loans. Uh, they're very hands-off once the platform is set up. Okay, great. Now kind of weaving into the automation that you were just talking about, what can financial institutions do to make sure that they are providing automation that their clients are asking for? Yeah, I, when I look at automation, I think there's two different uh, important topics. The first is from the consumer standpoint. Right. So why do consumers like buy now, pay later? Uh, there's a lot of financial reasons why they like it, because it no longer ties them to I need to go get a $15,000 credit card. I can now just fractionalize borrow money when I want to borrow money uh, tied to this specific purchase that maybe is outside of my normal comfort zone. So automating that process versus just having the standard. Well, if you want to borrow 500 or a thousand dollars, click this link on our website and apply we'll let you know if you're approved, right? So because FinTech, like uh, the firms of the world have removed that friction, uh, a lot of consumers, especially younger consumers, consumers, millennials and Gen Zs, really like that uh, automation advantage that Silicon Valley has over their community bank. Um, so that's the first part, right? Which is like removing that friction. The second piece is I actually was a banker in my previous life and I ran lending and payment products. And what I found was anytime we offered a lending product, a loan under $1,000, we wouldn't make money. 
And it wasn't because the consumer didn't pay back. It wasn't because we couldn't charge interest for it. It's because too many full-time employees, both in finance and risk and, and collections and payments, had to touch these loans. So we would, we would not actually net revenue on these small dollar loans. So that's one of the biggest problems that Equipify, what we're solving, is we're fully automating the entire experience from the bank level. That way, once they have this program set up, they can literally issue thousands of small dollar loans on short-term payments, and they don't have to have full-time staff touching these loans at all. Now, if we can shift a little bit talking about the consumer experience itself, how can financial institutions make sure that they're not losing that personal touch with their customers when and if they need it? Sure. Buy now, pay later is is a relatively new concept, right? It, it's only been at least in the U.S. It's been a uh, the dominant new player in payment trends for consumers. Um, if you take a step back and think, twenty years ago, when credit cards were really dominated by the big five banks, uh, if I'm a community bank or a credit union regional bank, it was at that time when I said, "Hey, we need to start offering this type of product and service because our customers." use it. And we see in within our checking accounts and savings accounts, we see the data, we see those payments going out to Chase, going out to Barclays and American Express. So we need to have a competing product to not just, um, to just not lose the credit card relationship, but the entire relationship entirely, right? Because why would Chase offer my customer a credit card? Well, they also want their deposits, right? They want the most profitable pieces of that relationship. And I need to offer a credit card to have a competitive advantage and make sure that I'm offering the right products and services that my cus- customers want. And you can say the same thing about personal loans, auto loans, HELOCs, mortgages, investments, insurance, et cetera, right? So these are all different products that financial institutions wrap around to make sure that they stay competitive in the marketplace. Well, if you look at the younger generations, so I'm talking you know, 18 to like 35-year-olds, they prefer installment lending, and, and there's a lot of data that backs this up. They prefer installment lending over more traditional credit products for all the reasons we talked about. Uh, it removes friction. There's, uh, there's um, less personal reasons. Like if I'm declined for buy now, pay later, a machine told me, not, not, not a lender, not, not, not a banker, right? And, and that, that is sometimes more comfortable for a younger person being declined than actually applying for something and being rejected. Um, so if, I, if I'm a banker looking for ways to not only attract, but retain the next generation, I need to make sure I have the right products and services. And buy now, pay later is just one of those. You can, you can apply the same lens to setting up a 401k, right? Setting up an investment account. You can apply the same lens to peer-to-peer lending. Right? Do I want to click a button inside of digital banking to send my buddy $30? Or do I need to go download like a Square app or a PayPal app to do the same because my bank doesn't offer those types of technologies. Uh, having that holistic experience baked inside of digital banking is really how you can attract and retain Gen Z. Now, outside of Gen Z, how else are like other age groups responding to the buy now pay later? Platform? Yes. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the, the older, I'm a millennial, and I guess I, that would make me middle-aged now, which sounds weird saying out loud. Um, I'm, a, I'm an older millennial. Uh, but my generation specifically, 
we, we aren't part of the generation that was afraid of credit cards. So a lot of us do have credit cards. However, when we do make a purchase that's way outside of our comfort zone, and I'm not talking about luxury purchases, I'm talking about an animal hospital bill or a medical bill, or I went into Jiffy Lube because I needed an oil change and it turns out my engine was broke. So now I'm out $3,000 instead of 50 bucks. When those types of things happen, it might, if I'm at the point of purchase, do I want to go apply for a loan or do I want a 30 second opportunity to split up that payment over time? Right. So that's typically how Gen X and millennials look at buying alpilators. It's that point of purchase or really point of pain financing that is immediate and seamless and it integrates with my bank account. So it's super easy for me to take advantage of. Great. Thanks for explaining that. Any other automated processes or anything along those lines that clients are asking for right now that, that you're aware of? A big reason why most banks and credit unions have yet to get into buy now, pay later is because their LOS and their underwriting and risk is all reactionary. So somebody fills out an application, it then hits my system. We try to automate the system process as much as possible, but more often than not, somebody touches that loan, right? So um, that, that's one of the unique advantages of our platform. And I know that there's others doing like AI underwriting as standalone products, but we've baked that into our platform and automating the underwriting component and using the bank's risk profiles, but turning that into an automated way is something that we've heard over and over and over again is the biggest hurdle to run faster and create a better frictionless experience for consumers um, is that automated underwriting process. So that, that's one thing that we take to heart. You know, in our first year of business, we've signed up 16 financial institutions in the U.S. and we work with all of them on automating these underwriting processes. And most of them have actually asked us, hey, you've solved this problem for small dollar lending. Can you also apply that to other types of loans? The answer is yes. We're just really focused on buy now, pay later today. One of the common things I am asked is what, what's the value benefit of buying out pay later from these third parties, from Klarna, Firm, Afterpay, not to the consumer, but like their business model. Why did, why did they choose buying out pay later? And um, if, really, if you look at the consumer, money movement for a consumer, right? You have P2P, you have lending, you have savings, investments, and checking account. And then most banks try to become a super app and, and do all of it. Most third-party fintechs start with one and then they one of those endpoints and then they wrap around the rest of the banking services. So I think it's important to note that just like PayPal or Square or even Apple today, a lot of these third parties are trying to take the most profitable pieces of that consumer's money movement journey. And that's what they're productizing and if I'm, a, if I'm a bank and I have deposits, somebody has their direct deposits coming into me, if I don't have the ability to offer those other services, I'm actually not taking advantage of the most profitable pieces of that relationship. And what I find is a lot of banks are really good on the small business side or the commercial side, right? Because they have all the real estate loans, commercial loans, com uh, insurance and investment component. But when it comes to consumers, they, they tend to be a little bit behind the ball on offering the right types of products and services for the younger generations to turn those relationships into profitable ventures. 
Uh, and you could say the same thing about cryptocurrency or investments, or in our case, small dollar lending. So that that's typically an area where when we do work with a bank, they send us all their data and we actually comb through it and do a pro forma and show them out of all their younger generations, how many are actually using Klarna, Affirm, Afterpay, Sezzle, what, what are those dollar amounts and how much revenue are they potentially losing to those third-party fintechs? Most banks, um, especially on the smaller side, have not done those types of analysis before. You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news.